The Twins split a doubleheader with the Guardians in Cleveland Tuesday. They've taken two of the first three games of this five-game series. A lot of work left to do, but it's a good start. A lot to break down from today. A lot of good things, some really bad things. Let's do it all on today's episode of Locked on Twins. You are Locked on Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Minnesota Twins podcast. It is Tuesday, June 28th. I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. So excited to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked on sports listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use code locked on at checkout. Again, this is Nash Walker. This is my third season doing a daily five day a week podcast talking about the Minnesota Twins. And it is my fourth season writing about the, twi- the Twins at twinsdaily.com. And I'm coming to you after a doubleheader split. This was a doubleheader the Twins could have swept. But they split the most likely outcome, and you'll take a split, and the Twins have won two out of the first three in this series. And they made a statement in game one, coming out, scoring 11 runs, getting up 9-0 in that game. They made a statement. And it looked like in game one, I was ready to get on here and tweet and get on here and say, this is a statement series for the Twins in Cleveland. You know, Cleveland beat them at Target Field last week. They blew, Twins blew some games. Emilio Pagan blew some games. And this was the the time for them to show Cleveland and to make a statement in this division with the White Sox losing last night. Twins opened up a six and a half game lead last night. It felt like when Carlos Correa hit that home run in game one, this is a statement series. And like the Twins are imposing their will on Cleveland. Carlos Correa had his Twins moment today in the eighth inning. He had a, a go ahead solo home run off Sam Henches, who's been outstanding. He's a Moundsview product from Minnesota. So we love that. And Carlos Correa turned around a 95 mile an hour fastball above the zone. We love that even more. Carlos Correa is a superstar. We're seeing why we're seeing why. And it's, it's so obvious and he does it in little ways. Like it's the little play. He makes that makes that short that a lot of short stops wouldn't make. It's the leadership we've, we've heard about. It's the little things, but it's also swings like this swings late in games I don't think there's a player in the league. Maybe Jose Altuve, a couple other Astros, like George Springer, who's now in Toronto, of course, who have more of a reputation of coming through in the clutch than Carlos Correa. It's literally what he's known for. That's Carlos Correa is a superstar who shines even brighter in the postseason and comes through in big spots constantly and is clutch. (laughs) I don't know if you believe in the word clutch or if a player is clutch, but Carlos Correa, for whatever reason, is someone you want at the plate in a big spot. And what I've said, and I'll continue to say this year, is the Twins need to push more chips into the middle because they have a good team here. They have a good team in the American League Central. I don't know how good it is in the context of the American League, but I think it's a good team. Like It's at least an above-average team if you even compared it to the rest of the American League's best teams or every team. They're above-average in the American League. This is a good team. And I think they should put chips in for that reason. But they also should push chips in because of Carlos Correa. And you it's unlikely he'll be back. This is this is it. 
if you can get to October with the best roster you can compile at the trade deadline, and that doesn't mean I'm all for trading away everybody in the farm system, but if you can swing a trade for Frankie Montas, who we know the Twins have been interested in, if you can swing a trade for Jorge Lopez, the reliever for Baltimore, on a lesser scale, he's less impact than Montas would have. But maybe not because the bullpen's been clearly the biggest weakness. If you can swing a trade and you go into October and you have a healthy Byron Buxton and a healthy Carlos Correa and you have a semi-healthy rotation, anything can happen in October. I'm confident of that. I'm I'm all for the idea that anything can happen in October. But you have to have the upside for it. And if the Twins were to go into October with their two stars healthy and with you know a Montas edition with Sonny Gray and Joe Ryan and a, a, a better bullpen, like an improved bullpen, the one that does not include Emilio Pagano, we'll talk about that today, at least in the high leverage innings, anything can happen. And I would feel decent about their chances in October, you know, at least of, of competing and putting themselves in a position where late in games, they're close enough where they can win a game. Right. And and I think this team has the capability to do that. And I'm not jumping to that conclusion after a doubleheader sweep today in Cleveland against a guardians team that is that is good as well, but I don't think they're, you know, very good. I think they're a pretty good team. And I, I think they have good starting pitching. Zach, please. Zach was awesome today. Um, but I, I don't think that this is a team that's going to be in the playoffs. Uh, I think the Twins are a team that has the upside to be in the postseason. And I think they have the upside to win in the postseason. It's crazy to say because they haven't done it in however many years. In 18 games, they haven't done it. But that I think Carlos Correa and what he did today, thats you want to get to October and let him have a moment like that. And he had his first Twins moment today. And it didn't matter because the Twins blew the game. Emilio Pagan blew the game again. Fool me once, as Jay Cole said, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me three times, I think you know the rest. Load the chopper, let it rain on you. Let's talk about Emilio Pagan blowing that game after this word from Blue Nile and Rock Auto. If you're looking for fine jewelry, but you're having trouble choosing, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7 available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every single budget. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring is one of a kind. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Sports listeners. Get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use code LOCKDOWN. That's code LOCKDOWN. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging. That won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to RockAuto.com at home and in your pocket. Go to rockauto.com right now. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Emilio Pagan, how are you, man? That's three blown games in the last three weeks. Um yeah, it's time for him to to move off the high leverage spots. Here's the problem I've been saying since April, and it's a broken record. I say it every. I said it twice last week when he blew these games. 
I said it weeks ago when they blew these games. I'm saying it again tonight when they blow this game. They don't have the options. They don't have a high leverage setup man they can go to who can set it up for Yohan on. That's what it boils down to. They don't have an eighth inning guy. I would be okay, and I know it's kind of crazy to say right now with how bad he's looked. I would be okay with Emilio Pagan pitching the sixth or seventh inning of Twins games, even when they have you know a lead, even a small lead. I'm okay with him pitching the sixth and seventh innings of some games. I'm not okay with him pitching the eighth or ninth inning anymore. It's it's become obvious that that is not a spot you can use him in anymore. And there's this argument, well, what's the difference? Well, if you pitch Emilio Pagan in the sixth, hypothetically, he blows the game. You got you got a, more of a chance to, to come back in that game. He blows the game in the eighth and ninth, you're done. You're cooked. It's over. You know, this game is over. Emmanuel, Emmanuel Classe comes in. It's over. You have no chance. And it's that's why it's so disheartening when it happens and when it keeps happening. If Rocco continues to trot out Emilio Pagan into high leverage situations, I think it's on him at that point. And it's on the front office at the end of the day for not supplementing this bullpen with good back-end options. But I'm at the point here where try something else. Like, just try somebody else. Stop going to him. And even if you go to Griffin Jackson the eighth, or if you go to, wow, Tyler Duffy in the eighth of some of these games, and it doesn't work, it just proves the main point, which is they don't have the options. But I would feel better because I'm just so sick of watching Pagan do this. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of watching him do it. Maybe I'd feel better if somebody else did it. Maybe I'd feel best if nobody did it, <laughs> if they held some of these leads. But I'm sick of it being Pagan because it's it, – what do you expect differently at this point? Try something else. Maybe Duffy when he's 93-94 recently. Maybe you, you ease him back in, see what he can do. Again, I know this is wild because I am I have short-term memory and I, I remember Tyler Duffy blowing these same games in the same spots. And ultimately, there's no good options for him. But Emilio Pagan ain't even an option right now in the back end. That is, as Brandon Warren put it on our postcast today, unforgivable. Like, you can't continue to blow these games. That's three times in the last week you've blown this game against Cleveland. You've blown three of them. And the Twins had a chance to win. They should have won that first one anyway in the 10th inning when they had the runner on second and nobody out, and they just needed one run to win. They should have won that game. He still blew the lead. He still gave up the home run to Framio Reyes, and then he blew the game again when they were leading 10-7, to and then he blew the game again today when Carlos Correa had his moment and he comes out the next half inning and blows it. It's over for him in high leverage, you know, and maybe they just keep cycling and figuring out and like, oh, they put Duffy there and then they work until Duffy starts playing some games. Oh, let's give Pagan another try and see how he does. They just don't have an eighth inning guy. They need an eighth inning guy. And I wrote at Twins Daily about someone who has terrible numbers this year, but I think under the surface, under the hood and his stuff could be a reclamation by low candidate for the Twins. How much worse could it get, right? That's That's kind of my point here. How much worse could it get than Emilio Pagan late? Could it get any worse? I don't think it could. Your setup to Yuan Duran cannot get any more dire than it's been. The easiest choice is you're putting Griffin Jacks in the eighth inning. I, I think it's pretty straightforward. You swap. I thought they were doing that because Pagan pitched, I want to say the sixth inning or the seventh inning. Well, he came in to face CJ Crone, I think, in the sixth inning of that Rocky series in uh, Sunday's finale. And he comes in in the sixth inning, and I thought, ooh, Griffin Jacks is going to become 
their eighth inning guy, right? He's going to become their setup guy now because Pagan blew those two games against Cleveland. And then he puts Pagan right back out there today. And Jackson already pitched. Swap him. Easy swap. And maybe even you put Pagan down a peg and you move up a Duffy or a Thornburg or a Thielbar or somebody. And Thielbar is interesting because he's, you know, you're going to spot him against lefties. He's the second lefty in the bullpen with Giovanni Moran, who I don't think they feel great about using in, in even medium leverage spots. So it's simple. You move Jax, you swap Jax with him. I'd even be open with swapping Duffy with him. Uh, you just can't keep letting him blow these games. Luckily, the Twins got to play right after, and they won 6 to nothing. So let's talk about that game. Josh Weiner was amazing, and Devin Smeltzer was amazing in game one. I want to get to the great starting pitching performances after this word. From BetOnline, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs. Well, it's over now, but Major League Baseball is here. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online is where the game starts. Devin Smeltzer was fantastic in game one. And that run should not be on his ledger because Max Kepler should have caught that ball. It should have been six shutout innings with nine strikeouts. That's what it was in my book for Devin Smeltzer. He was amazing. And for the most part this year, he's been a revelation. He's been unbelievable. Like this type of impact is what changes a season. This type of impact is what puts you over the top. And I think what game two represented, you have game two against Cleveland. It's game three of a five game set where the twins need to be better. And what will ultimately win them this division and give them a chance in October is their depth. And I think game two of this doubleheader showed that in this way, you have Josh Winder who just came back. He's just back from injury, but on the opening day roster was a long reliever. Then he got moved into the rotation, rotation depth on the back end. And I think Josh Winder has a super bright future. He's a rookie. So he's more depth than he is someone you're relying on. And they go to Pilkington, Connor Pilkington, Cleveland. He's like in the same boat. Ultimately he's depth in the rotation and Josh Winder won the depth battle. The twins won the battle of depth in game two. They won six to nothing. They got on Pilkington. Arise tripled. You got the home run from Polanco who comes back. That's lineup depth for Polo batting fifth and hits a big home run and runs out a double play ball and is safe at first. That scores another run to make it four to nothing. It's depth. And that's the difference for the Twins this year. It's what ultimately the Twins hit a million home runs in 2019. The Twins pitched the lights out in 2020. What excelled the Twins in those years was their depth. They were deeper than every team in the Central. And I think it's true again in 2022. I really do. I think they're deeper. I think when they're healthy, they have more rotation options. It certainly would be true if Chris Paddock and Kent Maeda were healthy. And hopefully next year, we look forward to that of, of a much deeper rotation. But they have Josh Winder. They have a deep lineup. When things are clicking in that lineup, you have Jorge Polanco batting fifth today in the second game. And he was batting second in 2019 and was their best player last year. And he's maybe the fifth best player on this team, fourth, fifth best player. He's the fourth best hitter on this team behind Arise Correa and Buxton. So he might be the fifth best hitter behind Kirilov. And that's not even a knock on Polo. That's just showing the depth of this team. And they won the depth battle in game two. Last year, their depth crumbled. They didn't have any. 
And it ultimately, along with their starting rotation just sucking mostly, was the downfall of their season. So it's just great to see them. Hilberto Celestino has a triple in game one. There's depth. Devin Smeltzer pitches really well. There's depth. Josh Winder pitches really well. There's depth. Jorge Polanco batting fifth. That's lineup depth. That's the difference for them this year, I think, so far. They're nine games above 500. They're three games up on Cleveland. They're six games up on the White Sox. I'm not going to sit here and pretend they didn't miss an opportunity today. They could have put Cleveland five back today. They could have absolutely crushed them today going into the last two games of this series. And they could have put Chicago, you know, six and a half back. It's a, it's a half game difference with Chicago because they both won a game and the twins lost that extra. So it's a half game back, but that would have been, they would have been seven back. They came in today, six and a half. So they missed an opportunity, but they split the double header and they've won two out of the first three. If you split the next two, you won this series in Cleveland. You took three out of five. And I think they will have an opportunity to win both. You got Shane Bieber going uh, Thursday. That'll be tough. And Wednesday's not easy against Cal Quantrill. And it's the last two in the rotation in Bundy and Archer. So it was very important that they took two out of these first three. And they did. So just try to split the next two. And you win three out of five. It could have been four if they'd won game one and didn't blow that today. Uh, But you'd be happy with three out of five. And uh, you get out of Cleveland with a three-game lead. And who knows what happens? You know, Shohei Otani's pitching against the White Sox tomorrow. Uh, Michael Kopech, Shohei Otani, that's a great matchup. We don't know what will happen there. Maybe the Twins will have a seven-game lead after tomorrow. That would be uh, outstanding on the White Sox. I don't know if you can tell. I still view the White Sox as the biggest threat to the Twins in this division. And you might look at the standings and think otherwise. You might watch Cleveland and watch the White Sox and think otherwise. But from a ceiling perspective, the White Sox have the highest ceiling. I think in this division, I think the twins have the most depth. They have the deepest roster and clearly they have the best team right now in the division. I think the white Sox have a higher ceiling and if they can click and hit that ceiling, it'll be tough and it'll be a race. So I I just want to create distance. The twins just to create distance from the Sox because they came in as the clear favorite this year as a team, everybody picked to win the American league central. And that's why I still think uh, they're the team to pay attention to here. Not to say Cleveland is a walkover or going to be easy. I just think the White Sox are a bigger threat to the Twins. Thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Thanks again for listening. Like, subscribe, comment. Have a great day. Go Twins.